Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,862. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Venice, California, with a very special guest by the name of Benjamin Sherabani. Benjamin, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I am ready to release the clutch. All right, we're going to have some fun. Now, before I give you a proper introduction, would you share one thing about yourself that most people don't know? Oh, gosh. Um... I, I guess I'm um, kind of a shy person. Okay. A little, a little social anxiety. So actually, I was quite, uh, quite nervous about this. About this, but uh, yeah, no need to be nervous. You know, uh, listeners, I was telling uh, Benjamin we met. Benjamin and I met back in 2015 during Car Week, which is coming up uh, in about three weeks here. And um, I invited him to be on the show, and I've kept inviting him and kept inviting him, but I finally got him. So I kind of feel like I'm always fishing, you know, for people, and some some fish are bigger and they're harder to land. So uh, there you go. So I'm happy you're here. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for, for thanks for keeping on me. Absolutely. Well, we're going to have some fun because what you're doing is really, really cool. So let me give you an introduction and then we're going to dive into your life. Benjamin Shirabani is the owner of Vintage Car Posters, where he has been buying and selling original vintage automotive posters since 2005. It all started with a 1964 quote-unquote green helmet Porsche poster and a business was born. Benjamin earned his master's degree in film from UCLA and has written several feature films. He was a partner in Com.X, a comic book publishing business. He was a partner at Jackson Home, yeah, a furniture and vintage business. And he's written for many automotive publications. When I first met him, he's writing for Petrolicious. He's written for Triple Zero, Pete Stout's publication, Panorama, the Porsche Globe of America, Thrillist, Rentless BMW, BMW CCA, which is another club I'm part of, and many others. And he was the co-editor of a very cool book titled 911R from Tag Motorbooks. And they're also working on the upcoming Porsche 993 GT2 book. We'll be back in just a minute to talk with Benjamin, but first a word from our sponsors. So hang tight and we will be right back. Summer's here, thank goodness, and that means long, hot days. Covercraft's UVS custom sunscreens are quality made and are incredibly fast and easy to use. Your UVS sunscreen is custom tailored for your vehicle. And the accordion design ensures easy storage. Not only do they protect your dash and interior for maximum protection while parking in the sun, sunscreens keep your vehicle's interior significantly cooler. They're durable and dependable for years of use. I have one for all my vehicles and I use them every time I park my car when I'm not going to put the cover on. You can choose from a variety of colors, including the original, their Premier Series, and Carhartt designs. Your sunscreen is manufactured with the quality and attention to detail that's been the standard for Covercraft since 1965. And they make really great gifts, too. 
Get your summer deal today if you use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21 at Covercraft.com. You'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off compliments of cars, yeah. Simply use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Get your own custom sunscreen today. Most people don't think about their collector car insurance until their annual premium becomes due. Well, why wait and see if there are better options for your beloved rides? I didn't. Did you know if you change carriers before your policy runs out, your insurance company has to refund you the unearned portion of your policy premium? I did my homework, I shopped around, and I found American Collectors Insurance. And that's who protects my Porsche Turbo. That's right, the one I call my Orange Crush. They've been protecting collector vehicles since 1976. I encourage you to call my friends at American Collectors Insurance. Ask them about their agreed value policy. And if your collector vehicle is on your regular auto policy, you will be shocked at the savings, not to mention the assurance, should something bad happen to your ride, that you'll get what your vehicle is actually worth. Give them a call today for a quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866 224 9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. Give them a call today. All right, Benjamin, we're back. So let's dive a little deeper in the corner and talk about your career. You've done a lot of different types of things but we're going to be talking vintage car posters today my listeners know i'm a big time porsche guy you know that as well so talk about this green helmet poster that inspired this and tell us more about vintage car posters because you have a lot of stuff i want i i do uh so the green helmet poster actually was something i had my eye on even before i acquired my my first porsche and i think it's just such a great uh a great image. Have you have you taken a look at it, Mark? Oh, I know it. Yeah, uh, the '64 poster. I just think it's really cool. I, mean, I know it doesn't have a car, you know, in it, but I just love the design. It's, gosh, it's, it's almost like 16 years ago. <laughs> I guess things were a lot harder to find on the internet. Now, it just feels so easy to you know to find anything. Right. But um, I searched for it for a long, a long time, and ended up purchasing other posters sort of along the way before I before I finally found. Before before I found that one, and you know, sort of that old adage, when it rains, it pours. I ended up finding two other green helmet uh, 1964 World Championship posters. Wow! And bought those two because you never know when uh, you might <laughs> you need two. <laughs> you might come along again, and sort of so like a sort of a you know back pocket business was born. And so I just put up ads, you know, on some of, sort of the Porsche forums, like early S registry, Renlist. You know, I took out some ads you know, in Panorama. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I built up, uh, you know, not just off that poster, but, you know, you know, hundreds of posters later, but, you know, built up a, a business, but I never had a website until now. And, uh, you know, I, unfortunately that's sort of due to sort of, you know, procrastinate, you know, procrastination. Do I really need to go on the web if I'm doing, uh, you know, this is just a side gig, but if I'm doing so relatively well, uh, you know, just selling through word of mouth, previous clientele, but my wife finally, you know, convinced me, you know, to, you know, put up or shut up. <laughs> Funny how, how our spouses can do that. And what's, what I love about your story here, Benjamin, and this is a, a classic one, 
you know, we're living in a time right now where we can create businesses relatively inexpensively and very easily and expose ourselves to the world. And I did it with a podcast starting seven years ago when I didn't even know what a podcast was, literally, and when the suggestion was made by my son. And uh, like you, my spouse said, if you don't try this, you'll never know. Just do it. Just give it a try. See what happens. If it doesn't yeah, work, do something happen. else. Yeah, yeah. So vintagecarposters.com is your website. It is. I can't believe that 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 the domain name was uh, was available. Uh, well, you know, again, you got to try it to do it. Now, has your history been a love for old things or for Porsches? Is it a combination of that? You know, I, I've always loved Porsches, and you know, there's that old sort of old adage. You know, it all starts with a you know ninety nine cent toy, mm-hmm. and my grandmother had given me. And I'll dovetail back to the story a little later in the in the podcast but uh, she gave me uh, one of the first things i got was a porsche 356 toy i mean it was a model has opening doors you know trunk lid uh engine lid but uh you know that sort of started me on this on this road 40 plus 40 plus i still have that toy oh do you really cool my mother my mother uh you know, had it and, 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 and sent it to me quite, you know, fairly recently. I was surprised it survived in, in such good shape to be perfectly honest. Who made the toy? Is it a Corgi or a Hot Wheels or Matchbox? Or? I, I think it was a Burago. Um, oh, Burago. Okay. Yep. 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 I got a few of those. Probably more than yeah. I need for sure. So, so in your business, do you sell just vintage car posters? And these are all authentic, non-reproduction, like the real deal, right? Correct. There's no, there's no reproduction. Um, these are all original, authentic. Although, you know, some of them have had some, you know, like some of the, you know, Hollywood uh, stars have had some work done. So some of them don't come to me in, pr- in pristine condition by any means. But, you know, as long as the majority of the poster is, is still there and intact, you know, you can work with it. Um, anything can be fixed or restored. Are these all on paper or are they on canvas or how, they tip- how were they typically made back in the day? Um, they're all made on sort of on paper and, you know, sort of the grade of the paper changes as, you know, we kind of go through the, uh, you know, through the decades, but I kind of, I kind of specialize in what I call the golden era of Porsche posters, like the fifties, the sixties and the seven, and they sort of the early seventies when they still did, you know, illustrated posters, which I think are so cool before they moved to photography and during the restoration process, the posters ended up uh, becoming linen backed which I highly recommend for any, you know, poster collector. Some people don't like that. I think Europeans are a little bit adverse to linen backing, but I think it helps preserve the poster from further damage. It stabilizes it. And, you know, if you're doing some restor- restorative work, I mean, it's the only way to uh, to get things done. Does that mean a, an actual piece of linen is attached to the original paper? Uh, correct. Your, your poster is basically attached it's it's completely reverse. I mean, you know, the best restorers can make it completely, re- you know, reversible. They don't use any any glue that's going to be hard to remove, but it c- it can be reversed if if need be. But uh, you know, I've never had the need. Once it's linen backed, I've never had the need to undo the process. If somebody purchases one of these collectibles, and they really are collectibles because they have value and they have growing value as time goes by, uh, what is your best advice for how they display them? Should they put them behind some type of special glass in a frame, uh, keep them away from sunlight, all those typical things? Uh, Definitely. I mean, you know, if you're going to, you know, frame them, um, and I actually only (laughs) only have, uh, have one poster framed after all these years. 
it's, you know, to frame it with a UV glass, you know, keep it away from direct sunlight, you know, anything you would do to, you know, protect any other valuable photograph or or piece of artwork in your home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Now, do you sell things other than posters? Uh, Occasionally, you know, I've had a few vintage ashtrays Uh, right now on my website. I have a very cool Alfa Romeo branded ceramic ashtrays in the shape of a steering wheel. Oh, cool. It's from the 1960s. It's, um, it was made for Les Leston, who made some very cool steering wheels that went on various Alfa Romeo racing cars, Ferrari, Porsche, yep. um, you know, in period, you know, so I've had a couple of those. So it's, it's, you know, it's kind of rare. It came to me from another, you know, another seller. And I just decided to pick it up because again, when, when are you going to find another one? But you don't have to use it as an ashtray. You can use it to store knickknacks, you know, coins, pens, whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah or just display it on one of your collectible shelves. So now Porsche back in the day and, and these other po- poster manufacturers, or I should say Mark manufacturers, they would hire pretty famous artists to do creative work for their posters, right? That's right. Well, you know, Porsche was one of the, the first automotive manufacturers, you know, or sort of niche motor, uh, automotive manufacturers to you know, really branch out into advertising and posters. I mean, that's why you see Porsche posters, uh, more Porsche posters versus, let's say, Ferrari posters or Maserati posters. Those are super rare. They, they hardly exist. But I think, you know, Professor Porsche had to be talked into, you know, to talk into that. He didn't really believe in the power of advertising. And when he did, he really believed that sort of numbers and statistics would sell the car. And it was a, a gentleman named um, Erich Strenger, um, who became sort of Porsche's first sort of in-house advertising maven. And he really he really helped brand the company with its identity. You know, even even the logo and its typeface, you know, is something that he he came up with. Cool. Wow, cool. It's so it's so iconic. So it's fun. Now you're also writing and there's books that you've helped co-produce and publish. I shouldn't say right. publish, but co-write and so forth. And and are you still writing for magazines as well? Uh, I'm still uh, writing for magazines. I'm still doing some work for Panorama and um, Porsche Club of America, mm-hmm. who've sort of given me that, uh, you know, the geeky book reviewer spot. <laughs> so I've sort of carved out the niche as, as you know, the book guy, I guess. And I'm um, actually uh, doing some work on that book you mentioned, the 993 GT2 book. Oh, through Tag Motorbooks? Yeah, it's not from Tag anymore. It's Tag no longer exists as a as a working publisher but it's christoph's new company oh okay cool cool well that first book that i mentioned the 911 r book is is awesome and so uh we're looking forward to it when will the porsche 993 gt2 book come out <laughs> um, <laughs> i who knows <laughs> you'll have to ask you'll have to ask christoph that okay <laughs> it's actively in the works i've done my my you know the, as much as i've been asked of Right now, I've completed that, and I'm, I guess I'm waiting for the Redline version of, of that book. There you go. I understand. Let's talk about uh, driving inspiration for you. Is there a key mentor in your life that's helped you be successful? Well, you know, I, I have to give uh, a lot of kudos to my, my father, uh, Fred Sherabani, I guess with which, without his help, love, advice, uh, warnings, you know, none of this would be would be possible. You know, he's just been, he's always been there. He's always, you know, being available. Um, he might have been a little bit too lenient on me, you know. He, he might have, you know, it might have been better if he took the training wheels off just a little bit earlier. <laughs> Is he a, one of those what they call today helicopter parents? 
I, I had to help out that. Um, but, you know, he was always there. It might have been better for me. He cut those strings a little bit earlier. Um, but but I'm, I'm grateful for everything he's done and continues to do for me. I, I couldn't have asked for a better dad. Wow. Very fortunate. And you got a, a son of your own. I do. I have a five-year-old son, Zachary. There you go. Yeah. Well, you can learn the good and the things you would change from your father and carry that forward to Zachary, and then he can carry that forward to his children and just keep improving with every generation. That's what it's all about. Let's take a short break and we come back. I want to talk a little bit about a challenge because you've done a lot of different things in your career. Let's think about that. So we'll keep the seatbelts on, the green helmet on, and we'll be right back. What began as a charitable car show has grown into the world's greatest collector car auctions, raising over $133 million for charitable organizations to date. For nearly 50 years, automotive enthusiasts from all over the world have enjoyed the Barrett-Jackson Collector Car Auctions, and I'm a huge fan. Regarded as the barometer of the collector car industry, their auctions are world-class lifestyle events, where thousands of the world's most sought-after unique and valuable automobiles cross the block in front of a global audience, in person, on TV, or streamed online. Barrett-Jackson produces the world's greatest collector car auctions in Scottsdale, Arizona, Palm Beach, Florida, Las Vegas, Nevada, and new for 2021, Houston, Texas. The excitement of Barrett-Jackson auctions is contagious, and a unique experience is not to be missed. And be sure to visit BarrettJackson.com today. Barrett Jackson, the world's greatest collector car auctions. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARS, yeah when you subscribe, and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. So, Benjamin, let's talk about that big challenge, big failure, big obstacle, something that you've encountered. Of course, the most important part of this is what did it teach you? So take us on that ride, would you? Gosh, I've had so many challenges <laughs> and, and and failures. I guess one that's germane to you know the business that we're talking about, my my poster business, mm-hmm. is I had a very nice I had a very nice poster. Uh, it was a 1961 356 BC steering wheel poster. You know, just two gloved hands and they're grasping a poster. I know it. Yeah, and um, you know I've had a, I had a few of them, and this. You know, literal billionaire collector got in touch with me and he, he wanted this poster, but he, he collects the best of the best. I mean, uh, you know, be it cars, be it po- whatever it is, it has to be like, you know, the best. And, you know, this is like a, you know, close to a six, 60 year old poster. And, you know, I sent it to him. He said, you know, he sent me the money and, uh, you know, a couple of weeks later he, he, he sends me an email and, you know, he was dissatisfied. It had, it had a crinkle. Uh, which I had, you know, I disclosed, you know, it's 60 years old and had, you know, a few flaws, but it was 
by far a very nice six-year-old poster. Yeah. And I'd already committed the money, you know, the proceeds from that poster to buying some more, some more posters. And I could have just told them to shove it. Uh, you know, it's, you know, it's your poster. You bought it with, you know, full, you know, with disclosure, yeah. but I, I chose to return his money and, and, and get the poster. And I took the poster back. It, you know, it caused me, you know, some short term problems with, you know, cash, you know, cash flow management, but made, you know, made it through, uh, you know, no one went hungry that week, uh, in my family, but you know, it's just, I guess it's just, you know, it was annoying, but it's just the way I want to conduct my business. You know, I don't want anyone to be dissatisfied or speak ill of me. My reputation's out there and, you know, word gets around. So even though it was a very nice poster and I eventually sold it to somebody else who was very happy with it, you know, you can't please, you know, all the people all the time and you, you have a choice to do the right, you know, the right thing or not. And in this case, I chose to make him happy and thought about, you know, potential future business with him. So yeah. didn't take the short term gain. So the lesson here is which you did full disclosure when you're selling something that's not brand new and perfect right. it's old it's used it's a collectible it's going to have a few things disclosing every one of those things is key and in, it sounds like in this case you did that but it's still he still wasn't happy with it so in in a sense he made the mistake you know he he bought something knowing there was a few a wrinkle here or there whatever it might be but just change simply change his mind but in my opinion you did absolutely the right thing yeah the painful thing but sometimes perfect i don't think there is look these posters were made as promotional items you know who knows how many survived that's why they're they're getting harder and harder to find today but you know they were tacked to your garage with like you know thumbtacks i mean they were given away for yeah kids walked away with them probably <laughs> or to or to you know if you went, you know, your father bought a Porsche in the 1960s and you went with your father to pick up your Porsche. I don't sell just Porsche posters, but mostly Porsche posters. But, you know, I'm, so I'm using it as a general term, uh, a, you know, a poster as a, as a gift on your way out. So who knows how, how, how many of these things survive, but, you know, this one survived quite well, better than most. Is there a carry forward maybe uh, trying to with selling future posters? Yes. Uh, showing, yeah, showing more imperfect or just more pictures so someone really knows everything? Yes. Well, I, you know, I, I, I made a conscious decision uh, when I launched my site that I wanted to, disclo to disclose that these posters were are old and that some of them have had restorative work done. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of my competitors you know, don't. And they present a, you know, a really good picture of them. So I present them with, you know, as much as I can warts and all, but I think, you know, going forward, when someone inquires about a poster, I'll make, I'm going to make doubly sure to disclose any restorative work that I've done and any noticeable, you know, flaws. I mean, some might see that as a demerit, as a turnoff, but I think it's just being honest. Oh, of course. It's like buying a, a car, uh, you know, has, de has there any been, been any paintwork? Oh, it's all original. And then you get it and you go, uh, yeah, I, you know, that's quite goes to to get a PPI on these posters, but <laughs> well, maybe someday it all, all depends on where the value goes. Yeah. You know, I know you've mentioned you love Porsches and you yeah. had Porsches. Is there a really special car in your life that stands out? Uh, there, there is, I actually no longer have it. I sold it earlier this year. It was a 1967 Porsche 911 S. I actually, I bought it in 2013 and I, so you rode the wave. I, I sort of, uh, I mean, you'll, you'll, you'll find out, we'll find out what kind of wave in a second. Okay. <laughs> it was a, you know, it was a complete original 1967 S, but it was pretty crusty. It had an interesting history. It was an original Italian delivery car. 
It found its way here to the United States in uh, the early 80s. And the then current owner had been using it for autocross and some track events. Super cool guy in Kansas City. I purchased the car and I flew out to Kansas City uh, with another of your past your past guests. Oh yeah, um, who's that? Uh, Yoav, Gil- Yoav Gilad. Oh yes, yes. Uh huh. Yeah. The editor at Petrolicious, yep. and then he was Haggerty. Uh huh. And um, we drew, we we drew, I had the car PPI just to make sure it would cross the country, but we drove the car from. Uh, Kansas City to Los Angeles. Oh wow! And now that statute of limitations have definitely <laughs> it expired, uh, it took us about twenty-five hours. Oh, so you uh, drive? Ra- we, you drove rather briskly. We drove rather briskly. Uh, I don't remember the exact. Mile. I think it's between sixteen and seventeen hundred miles in a in a nineteen kind of a crusty sixty-seven car. We made it uh, with just one speeding ticket, but the speedometer really did break. <laughs> really, officer, is broken. <laughs> it really did break. It was in Utah at like three or four a.m. Um, when there was no one on the street. But oh, cool! What color was it? Uh, it's a. It was. It's a. The original colors are Bahama yellow black. Oh, cool. Okay. So I, you know, I just drove. I just drove it because it was a crusty, a crusty old Porsche. I didn't pay by today's standards terribly too much for it. And then I kind of got roped into a full, a full restoration. <laughs> that can happen. Yeah, I fixed a couple things on the car, and then if you fix one thing, the thing next to it looks, you know, terrible by comparison. Oh That's the rabbit hole that you go down. You got to be careful. So anyway, uh, you know, a few years later, <laughs> a few years later, I had I had a Concours uh, Porsche. It was on the cover of Triple Zero. It won. Oh wow! PCA Los Angeles uh, Concours in. I'm gonna say, I feel like it's 2019. What was that car? Which, I'm sorry, which one? The Concorde car you talked about. It's the same car? Uh, 7S, yeah, the same Oh, one. so you restored it to a Concorde level. I restored it to a Concorde level. Oh, well, gee, you didn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> you just said you fixed a few things. No, no, I, I fixed a few things. And then by compa- I was saying by comparison, the piece next to it looked like horrible. Mm. So then I had to fix that. And I was like, well, you know whole thing. And I guess, you know, by doing it over a few years, it really helped with cash flow management, you know, not to do it so quickly and, you know, you know, blow your savings, you know, yeah. on this, oh, that's e- on this thing. Yeah. Easy to do. You were asking, you know, what, what was, what made it so special is, uh, the great memory, the best, the best memory of it was that Porsche was looking for cars around, I think 2018 or gosh, 19, uh-huh. that's probably 2018 when they were about to introduce the, the 992, and they were doing a special commercial that featured Southern California Porsche owners because Southern California was you know, the biggest market outside of Germany for a long time and a very important market for Porsche. And you know, so I got in touch with them and the director came and I was originally going to use my 993, which I had for like a long time. And they were like, eh, it's a black 993. And I was like, well, I do have this other car. And they're like, what is it? And I show them the car. And there was a picture of my son with, with the car. And they're like, can we use this car? We want to use this car. And so um, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I just had to finish up a few things. Um, because I guess the res- restoration is never finished. There's always something to do. And so we arranged a day of filming. And they filmed me and my son driving the car a little bit, photographed in front of the car. And my son had to be enticed to be in the commercial, even though he was you know, three years old. And by complete chance, 
the director of the commercial for Porsche gave him the same toy that my grandmother had given me 40 years before. Wow, that's same. serendipitous. Yeah. <laughs> like Porsche. I'm not, I mean, I'm like, you know what? My son will do. I, I was just joking with them. I was yeah. like, my son will be in the commercial, but you have to woo him. <laughs> so like, you know, Porsche toy or something, you know, I was just joking. It was just complete, you know, happenstance, complete chance. Is there a, a place we can go watch this commercial? Um, yeah, it was called California Dreaming, mm -hmm. and it's set to that song. It might be on the web somewhere. Okay. But I, I know they shot a lot of footage. Where, like, my son and I are in the commercial for, like, you know, 10 seconds, although they filmed for, you know, several hours. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like it could be on Porsche's website somewhere or YouTube, but uh, I have a copy of it. I, I will send a copy to you to look, but I, okay. I don't know if Porsche would like, would like to – me to distribute it. Uh, yeah, I understand. No, that's very cool. What a fun, a fun memory for your son, and uh, pretty unique that he got the same, the same toy. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna crawl into your head a little bit here. If you were a, a car, Benjamin, if you were yeah. manifest as a vehicle, what would you be? It would probably be something a bit more humble than a Porsche. I feel like the VW GTI. Okay. I'm not sure which generation, but they've always been good cars. I've had a GTI. It's been good cars. They're sporty. Whatever people say about VW being unreliable, um, I never had a problem. They're durable, and they hold quite a lot of stuff. So they're very versatile. So I feel like that sort of who you are. I feel like encompasses sort of <laughs> sort of me. Although some other people might agree, might disagree from time to time. <laughs> well, that's cool. I like it. Well, I always like to ask my guests about a book. If there's a, a great book they might recommend uh, today, uh, other than the book that you wrote, is that that 911R book still available for sale somewhere? There are, there are still copies available, and TAG's website is still up as far as I know, and I still think they have a few copies available. So I would encourage you know, any collectors or people interested in that model to buy it because I think these landmark books, these you know, lushly produced books, for A, they're, I think they're great reads, even though they're about a single model, but I think they're going to go up in value. That uh, Porsche night, uh, RS Carrera, Carrera RS book, I should say, that was done so long ago. I've got a couple copies of that, and that thing. They reissued it, so there's a more. Yeah, they did, but the original ones you can they're worth quite a bit of money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially if you have a Carrera RS and you want to have that same book number. Yeah. Know. To compliment your, your chassis. Yeah, I should probably throw that out there on eBay for grins or somewhere rentless and just say, you know, put some some crazy price. If you've got the car that's got, because I'd have to pull my books out to see which numbers they are, but uh, uh, for sure. Is there another book you'd like to recommend? Um, it doesn't have to be, I mean, uh, be probably, anything. I wasn't going to pimp my own, the, the book I worked on, but I guess, you know, a more re a recent book, I guess, by another Seattle guy like yourself, Ryan Snodgrass. Okay. Uh, do you know Turbo 3.0? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think, uh, you know, I've got to know Ryan a little bit. And I just think, you know, he's you know pivoted from, you know, being an Amazon to being, a, you know, a collector and now, you know, a superb book writer. And I think Turbo 3.0 is just, you know, such a superb book from the fit and finish of it to the, you know, to the writing. For me right now is like the pinnacle of automotive book production. Yeah. There's some great books being published. Well, I'll remind our listeners, you can find a lot of great books on the Cars yeah website under Guest Recommended Books. It's under the Resources tab, and I've got over 2,000 books listed there with quick, easy clicks to buy. I'll include these two books, of course, on Benjamin's show notes page. We'll take one more short break. We come back. We're going to go on the ultimate drive here, Benjamin, so keep your thinking cap on. We'll be right back. Have you looked under your hood recently? The average car today has more than 70 computers 
and 100 million lines of code. Today and tomorrow, being a professional technician requires an understanding of technology, computers, and electrical systems that are highly advanced and very complex. Cars yeah is honored to support TechForce Foundation as our charity of choice. Their efforts to help young people pursue a technical education and a fulfilling career as automotive techs is the key to an inspired life. Through scholarships, grants, and good old-fashioned hands-on experiences with vehicles, TechForce and Cars yeah are working together to connect young people with viable careers. Join us and learn more by visiting techforce.org today. All right, we're going on the ultimate drive, Benjamin. That means you get to pick any vehicle in the world. You get to pick who you're going to be with. This could be one person or multiple people. They could be living or people who've passed. What does okay. your ultimate drive look like? Uh, well, I, I think I'd have to take my, my wife and son and possibly my dog, Roger, who, who seems <laughs> to be pretty he seems to be pretty well behaved. Um, you know, I take him for rides in, in my car and he doesn't chew it up or nice. uh, he's, he's a passenger. So, uh, you know, touch wood. Uh, given that it's uh, three three people, it's sort of the holy grail of analog sports cars. I know you know what I'm thinking. Uh, McLaren F1. Ooh, nice. Uh, well, they're going to have one for sale during Car Week, so you yeah. have your chance coming up. Just better bring a big checkbook. At the Gooding and Company. Uh, yep. Uh, sale. I actually do some some catalog work for for Gooding. Oh, great. Okay. Uh, yeah, they've got a very uniquely colored McLaren F1. Yes, uh, uh, I don't re- know the actual technical color but it's sort of like a copper brown yeah yeah i think it's maybe a one-off so uh yeah be pretty cool and where are you guys going to be driving uh we're going to be driving you know it's such well it's it's probably not my car because i i I don't have uh 15 to 20 million to spend on a mclaren f1 unfortunately that's the beauty of the cars yeah magic scepter you can do whatever you want i know if if i'm being realistic it's from point a to point a or or to like a you know a delicious you know, a delicious meal, uh, somewhere, somewhere, but, uh, okay. you know, I was driving and then my, my wife doesn't like driving a manual shift. So it would definitely be me. And my son's too small to, to reach the pedals. So. <laughs> so, and, and well, with the McLaren F1, you do have three seats. So I'm not sure where Roger's going to go. Maybe in your son's uh, lap. I don't know. Yeah. Son's lap, or I don't think it'd be very happy in the, in the luggage compartment, which I think was big enough to, to hold a set of golf clubs, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Well, maybe, yeah, maybe that's for sure. Well, that sounds like it's like they try to make it so there was some extra modicum of usability. Well, it's become one of the kind of modern day, and it's not a modern day car, but modern day Ferrari GTOs as far as collectability. So very few cars are like uh, you know ever reach those heights. Yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible. I mean, it's been a great investment for the few people that can afford things at that uh, nosebleed a level. Well, you've given uh, us a fun ride here today, and I'm glad I finally finally got you on the show. Before I let you go, could you share maybe uh, a parting piece of wisdom or words or a mantra or a success quote with us? I hate to be so bad, but you know Yoda from the Star Wars movies? (laughs) Yeah. There is no try. There is a try, but it's, you know, do or do not. You know, I think just like we spoke at the top of the top of the show, just give something, you know, a try, do it just like your wife encouraged you to do with the, or your son with the podcast, you know, 1800 and some odd shows ago. And the worst thing that can happen is that, you know, you, you, you fail, but you probably, you know, you would have learned something from it. If you did, you know, you move on, you pick yourself up. 
Just give it a try. Uh, most definitely words of wisdom. And I'll remind listeners, you can check out Benjamin's website at vintagecarposters.com. I'll put links on your show notes page. If you love vintage artwork, you love old Porsches and other cars and other things, and I'm sure there's going to be lots of new things coming up on the website, check it out. So vintagecarposters.com. Calm. Benjamin, hey, thanks for uh, finally coming on the show and spending some time with me. This has been fun until you and I talk again, or I see you at the Gooding Auction and you're bidding on that F1. I'll see you <laughs> down the road. Thank you, Mark, for having me. Thank you for perse- persevering yeah, and getting me on. Absolutely. I'm good at being pers- <laughs> persistent, that's for sure. And you know what? I didn't feel nervous at all. I, I overcame my, my, my shyness. There you go. Well, we had a good talk for sure. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Yeah.